Welcome to my Two Cents Podcast, Wrestling Highlights of the Week. This is the time and portion that when I talk about wrestling from Monday through now, Sunday, since the pay-per-view just happened, WWE uh, WrestleMania Backlash. Before I get into all of that, I would like to send a brief condolences to the family of uh, ECW legend and ECW original New Jack. He passed away at the age of 58 over a heart attack. Um, New Jack is a very controversial uh, wrestler in the sense that um, he was very, very, he wasn't PG. You couldn't get film of him wrestling without him doing something that uh, you couldn't show on television, at least now in our this era, in the early 90s and the late 90s when uh, things were different. You were able to see him on ECW, and ECW was a outlaw-type promotion. They did what they wanted. They were able to uh, create a buzz about them. They were like the third brand company to WWF, now WWE, and WCW in the late 90s um, of wrestling era. But anyway, getting back to New Jack, New Jack was... Uh, a part of the gangsters. It was him and a gentleman named Mustafa. And they they were a controversial uh, pair, to say the absolute least. I mean, <sighs> New Jack was New Jack. That's all I can give you. When you look up New Jack, you'll see exactly what I mean on YouTube. WWE can never show any footage of him because, as I said before, everything of New Jack, he wasn't PG. But if you want to hear from somebody from the WWE perspective talk about New Jack, I advise you to go to YouTube and look up Paul Heyman and New Jack. Just type in Paul Heyman New Jack and you'll hear him talk about New Jack on uh, Talking Smack. Paul Heyman gives a nice little... uh, eulogy in his own words to New Jack better than what I can do but I'm just here to say uh rest in peace New Jack died at the age of 58 uh tragic death it's just uh yeah New Jack was New Jack uh RIP to the original gangster now let me get into the raw highlights the smackdown highlights the wrestling highlights of the week and let me just start off with this as well raw and SmackDown were basically go home shows to the pay per view. If you don't know what a go home show go home show is, it's they're trying to promote the last little bit of effort that they can for you to buy or stream their pay per view that they are putting on that Sunday. And just so happened this Sunday, yesterday was WWE Backlash, uh, WrestleMania Backlash. Stupid name, but they should have just stuck with Backlash. But nevertheless. On Raw, you had Asuka, Mandy Rose, and Dana Brooke beating Charlotte, Shayna Baszler, and Nia Jax by pinfall. Jinder Mahal beat Jeff Hardy by pinfall, but Jinder Mahal is now accompanied by two guys, uh, Indy Shear, and they came from NXT. Well, one did. The other guy is just a new recruit for Indy Shear. I can't really, I'm, I didn't really pay attention much to it because there's nothing really to say about that. There's still more to come because I can see they're going to try to push Jinder Mahal back into a nice mid-card level. And let me break this down. Mid-card in professional wrestling terms is 
the second to highest from main event. Mid card is where they place you if they think that they see you as a main event talent. This is like your test drive to see where they can, what they can do with you, and see if you are main event talent worthy. So that's what I'm getting at. They're going to try to put Jinder Mahal back in a mid card uh, situation. RK Bro in New Day, which RK Bro consists of Randy Orton and Matt Riddle, and New Day is Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. Beat AJ Styles, Omas, Elias, and Jason Riker by pinfall. However, after the match, Randy Orton delivered an RKO both to Rand- both to Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, and Matt Riddle just stood there in the ring after uh, seeing Randy deliver the RKOs. He just like tugged. He like tugged on Randy and asked him, "Hey, man, that's not cool. How are we gonna make friends?" Randy Orton doesn't care about friends. He cares about getting that win and leaving. That's all he cared about. And that's what he did this time. After he RKO'd Xavier Woods and Kofi, he just left the ring. And Matt just tried to, like, wake up both Kofi and Xavier. But you will more likely see the shenanigans of these two uh, individuals that are completely opposites, being Riddle and Orton. Uh, tonight on Monday Night Raw, they will more than likely continue on that story to see if we're going to see them be a tag team. If anything, I suspect them to have a match against New Day tonight. If they don't, I'll be surprised. But you hear from me now, I suspect Monday Night Raw tonight, it will be New Day going against Randy Orton and Matt Riddle off of the actions of Randy Orton uh, last week. Uh, Sheamus beat Humberto by referee stoppage. Humberto... Uh, performed a wrestling move and he uh, kind of tweaked his leg. And it, the wrestling move was he was trying to perform an apron uh, sunset flip powerbomb. And the way that it's is executed is an opponent is standing on the outside of the rings on the apron on the ropes. Not on the ropes, but just standing on the apron while the man giving the move is in the ring and he's going to flip over and land on his feet and perform and hold down his opponent that's on the apron. And he's going to try to jerk him down to hit him and give him a powerbomb. When he did that to Sheamus, Humberto happened to tweak his leg and he couldn't go on more in the match. So the referee had to stop it and he gave the win to Sheamus. That was not a, a planned situation. That would just happen to be a freak accident. Yet again, letting it be known that even though they are trained professionals, things still go wrong in a wrestling ring. The next match to happen was Shelton Benjamin beating Cedric Alexander by pinfall. Rhea Ripley beat Asuka by pinfall. And this match happened because Sonya Deville was chatted up by Charlotte. And Charlotte manipulated Sonya into making this match to get the hostility between Rhea Ripley and Asuka out of the way, so whenever the triple threat match happens at WrestleMania Backlash, everything will be fine and copacetic, and everybody will have a good match, and they will be able to perform at the best of their abilities. So Sonya played into that, and that's how you end up with Rhea Ripley versus Asuka, and as I said, Rhea Ripley beat Asuka by pinfall. Damian Priest beat John Morrison by pinfall, and the condition for this match was, if... Damian Priest were to win, 
he would pick the match that he would go against the Miz, the Miz at uh, WrestleMania Backlash. And if Morrison won, he would be picking the match for them. Damian Priest won, and he picked a Lumberjack match. And more on that later whenever I give you the results from WrestleMania Backlash on that funky little match. Um, Drew McIntyre, in the main event of Raw, Drew McIntyre beat Bobby Lashley by DQ when Braun Strowman ran into the ring and power slammed Drew McIntyre first, and then he power slammed Lashley. And the reason how Drew McIntyre won is because whenever uh, somebody runs into the ring and the first person that gets hit, that's who... That's the person who ends up winning the match. So Drew got hit first. The referee gave the match to Drew. So that's how Drew McIntyre ended up winning by DQ. Now on NXT, Karrion Cross beat Austin Theory by submission. And whenever he locked in his submission, he looked at Johnny Gargano, who was on the outside uh, watching as his way member, Austin Theory, was going to sleep. And Karrion Cross just kept his eyes focused on Johnny Gargano as he locked it in. So that's telling you that we're going to see Karrion Cross going against Gargano somewhere down the timeline very soon. Uh, after the match, Finn Balor sneaked up behind Karrion and he just stood there. And Karrion felt a presence. And then he turned around and then he looked at Balor. And then those two had a little bit of words. And the match was set. For two weeks from now, it will be Karrion Cross versus Finn Balor for the NXT Championship. The next match was MSK going against Brizango, and MSK beat Brizango by pinfall. The next match that happened was Pin Pete Dunne issued an open challenge to anybody, and the man that answered that open challenge was Leon Ruff. Leon Ruff was trying to get a match with anybody earlier in the night, and William Regal, who was the general manager of NXT, wasn't having it. He told Leon Ruff that you're not in a uh, mental capacity to wrestle anybody because you just lost to uh, Swerve last week. So Leon Ruff was trying to get back on the winning track and prove Regal wrong. So he ended up taking the open challenge to Pete Dunne, and he ends up losing that match. Um, he ends up losing it by TKO. The referee had to stop the match because Pete Dunne was uh, beating down on Leon Ruff so bad that the referee had to stop it. Uh, and just a little heads up, Frankie Monet, the former Taya Valkyrie, will also be making her in-ring debut two weeks from now. Uh, the next match that happened was Rachel Gonzalez beat Mercedes Martinez by pinfall to retain her NXT women's title. Isaiah Swerve Scott introduced a new faction. It is now him, uh, Top Dollar, also known as AJ if you watched the WWE uh, Hidden Treasures on A&E, Ashanti the Adonis, and a female named B-Fab. They are now known as the group Hit Row. I take that they took inspiration from, well, Death Row, because this is basically a hip-hop uh, faction. So you got the Row from Death Row, but Hit, um, I probably might say Hit Squad from our earlier... Hit Squad is a group 
in the independents that were running rough shots in the independents in like the early 2000s. You had to be an early 2000s wrestling guy to really understand the significance of the hit squad. So I'm thinking that he, Swerve Scott, who is a man that loves music and he has a knowledge of professional wrestling, he took hit from hit squad and row from death row and mixed it together and just come up with the name hit row. I could be completely wrong on the hit part, but row, I'm definitely for sure that came from death row. Um, the next match that happened was Kyle Riley beat Oni Lorcan by pinfall. And then after the match, Kyle Riley got beat down by both Oni Lorcan and Pete Dunn. And in the make the save was the returning Bobby fish. Bobby fish has been incapacitated and recover, uh, Recovering from an injury from NXT War Games that happened in Oc- nope, November. So he's been on the sidelines and he had to recover from that. So now he's back. Him and Kyle O'Reilly had a brief stare down. Kyle, Kyle thanked him for saving him. And he told Bobby that, hey, I'm on my own beaten path now. And I got my own things to do. And he thanked Fish. And Fish told him, hey, man, I understand that. I got my own things to do. I got my own uh, people that I got to take care of some business with. And they fish told him point blank. Hey, I'll see you down the road. And Kyle said, okay, I'll see you down the road. And they just nod their heads off at one, one another. And that's how that ended. And in the main event of NXT, it was a two out of three falls match for the NXT Cruiserweight title with Kushida beating Santos Escobar two to one. Kushida was the two while Santos Escobar was the one. Now, AEW results. The first match of the night was John Moxley beating Yuji Nagata by pinfall to retain the New Japan IWGP United States title. And it's interesting to me that when John Moxley came out, he came out to Wild Thing. He didn't come out to his usual AEW theme that he has. He came out to Wild, Wild Thing. I'm not sure if that's going to be his new entrance theme now since people loved it. But I could see Tony Khan just throwing money out and buying out the license just for this one time for Moxley to come out. But we'll see about that on next week. Uh, the next thing that happened was Cody Rose challenging Anthony Agogo to a match at Double or Nothing. And the special thing that happened in this uh, challenge was Cody told Anthony that for one night only, you're not going to get the American Nightmare. You're going to get the American dream, Cody Rhodes. And he was paying homage to his father, who is Dusty Rhodes, the American dream. And Cody has been trying to get the Dusty Rhodes moniker from WWE for a good minute now, but they are not relinquishing that. WWE still owns the American dream uh, nickname, trademark. So Cody was able to use it And he said it this one time. I don't think WWE is going to sue him for this because they know that will look bad in uh, the public light. So I don't think they're going to sue him because Cody doesn't own own the name. But he does have a legitimate birthright to use it just for special occasions. So I think WWE is going to let them, well, let Cody use it for this one-time situation. The next match that happens was for the AEW Tag Team Titles, it was Young Bucks going against SCU. 
And the thing was, is SCU didn't win. They would disband. They would not be a tag team forever. It was a good tag team match. A lot of blood from Christopher Daniels. He got busted open. But in the end, the Young Bucks did beat SCU. So now Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian cannot team up in AEW. So SCU has officially been broken up. Um, the Young Bucks happen to go back to their locker room and they find their locker room in all disarray in shambles thanks to Moxley and Eddie Kingston who ended up uh, destroying their locker room earlier and the Young Bucks having to make a challenge to Moxley and Kingston to a match at Double or Nothing. It's more than likely going to be for the tag team titles because next week, well, these this upcoming uh, Wednesday on AEW Dynamite, you will have the Young Bucks going against the Varsity Blondes uh, for the AEW Tag Team titles, but that's already a foregone conclusion that the Young Bucks are going to win that match. So, more than likely, at Double or Nothing, you will get a AEW Tag Team title match with the Young Bucks going against John Moxley and Kingston. You're already going to get the title match. Not the title match, but the match, but I can see them putting the tag titles as a special little... Uh, bow on this present um the next thing that happened was pack going against orange cassidy it went to a no contest kenny omega attacked pack after pack uh brutalized orange cassidy but whenever kenny attacked pack it was behind the referee's back because don Callis came out there to distract the referee and kenny attacked uh pack behind the head with the world title and the referee turned around. Both Orange Cassidy and Pac were on the mat, laid out. And the referee started counting up to 10. You got to 10 to get to your feet. If you don't get to your feet, the match is called off. And that's what happened. The match got called off. And then Tony Schiavone came from the announcer's booth. Well, the commentator's booth. And he grabbed the mic and he was told by Tony Khan that at Double or Nothing, it will be a triple threat match for the AEW World Championship. It will be Kenny Omega defending the title against both Pac and Orange Cassidy at Double or Nothing. So, there you go with that. The Pinnacle had a little coronation uh, since they won Double or Nothing last week, but that party got crashed by the inner circle. It was Chris Jericho, Ortiz, Jake Hager and Sammy Guevara. Santana wasn't there. They storylined it by saying that he got arrested because MGF uh, filed a police report because he got stabbed in the head uh, by a fork by Santana in the uh, blood and guts match last week. However, I'm not sure what truly happened. And I don't care what happened. Um, but in this crashing of the party, the inner circle told the Pinnacle, that they wanted a rematch. And the Pinnacle were hesitant to give them the rematch. They told them, no, you're not getting the rematch. You're not getting none of it. Chris Jericho baited uh, MJF and he said, what was that? MJF said, no, you're not getting it. And then Chris Jericho made him say it again. Okay, so what are you saying to the match? No, you're not getting the match. And then he has Sammy Guevara spray the, spray the Pinnacle down with uh, champagne. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that the inner circle came out in like a vehicle that was able to spray uh, champagne. It wasn't a big vehicle. It looked like 
makeshift thing that somebody could could have made and somebody did make. But nevertheless, he was spraying down the pinnacle with champagne. They were a wet, soaking mess. MGF ends up grabbing the mic and he says, you know what? Screw it. We're going to give you the rematch. We're going to give you or the rematch in the exact same match that you lost last year at Double or Nothing. In, and it was Stadium Stampede. Stadium Stampede, ladies and gentlemen, is whenever two teams go to a football arena. And in this case, the Jaguars football arena. And they just start fighting everywhere. Pinfall and submission can happen at any time in any place throughout that whole building. The first person that uh, gets the pinfall submission wins. It's fair, simple, and easy for you. It's basically a fall counts uh, anywhere match in a stadium, but with two teams going against each other. And the MJF told him that here's the deal. For if you accept this match, and if you lose this match against us, the inner circle will be disbanded, and they can never team up forever. So we're going to be waiting to see probably this upcoming uh, AEW on AEW Dynamite on Wednesday to see the Inner Circle does accept the challenge. And a little thing that I forgot to mention was Chris Jericho took a fall last week off the uh, Blood and Guts cage, which I told you last week. Um, but what I didn't know was that he actually fractured his elbow and he's going to be out of action for four to six weeks. So that's basically a month and two weeks. The thing is, their pay-per-view is going to happen, mm, I believe, within the next couple of weeks. So that tells you Chris Jericho is not going to be able to wrestle in this stadium stampede. And if he does, they're going to have to cover it up and do something to make him look good. I'm not sure how that's going to turn out or how that's going to work. I know that AEW's professional and Chris Jericho is a great professional. He can able to, he's able to work around certain things. But wearing a big old cast and a big old like brace on your arm, I don't see how they're going to make that work. I'll be waiting to see, but I doubt it. The next thing that happened was Thunder Rosa beating Jasmine Allure by pitfall. Jasmine Allure is a scrub. So this was a throwaway match. And in the main event, you had Miro going against AEW TNT champion Darby Allen for the TNT championship. Miro beats Darby Allen by referee stoppage. Miro locked the game over, which is basically the camel clutch on Darby Allen. And he cinched it in so back that he was leaning back that uh, Miro's back was touching the mat and Allen was just leaned up. And the referee just kept on trying to grab and pull on Darby's arm to see if he was with them conscious and he wasn't. And the referee had to stop the match. So now we got a new TNT champion, Miro. That's how AEW ended. On Impact Wrestling, you had Havoc going against Rosemary to become the number one contender for the knockouts title for Under Siege and Havoc beat Rosemary. You had a six-way person scramble to see who's going to become the number one contender for the X Division title. It was Ace Austin, TJP, PD Williams, AC Romero, El Fantasmo, and Rohit Raju. El Fantasmo wins the match and he is going to 
and he went against uh, Josh Alexander at Under Siege for the X Division title. Willie Mack beat Sam Beal, and then after the match, W. Morsley, a.k.a. Big Cass, attacked Willie Mack after the match. David Finley beat uh, Carl Anderson by DQ. Kenny Omega attacked David Finley at, uh, while he David had Carl Anderson in a submission hold. And once Kenny attacked David, you had uh, Juice Robinson and Eddie Edwards coming to the ring to save David Finley while Kenny, Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows, and Don Callis ran away up the uh, ramp. Brian Myers beat Crazy Steve by pinfall. And then your main event, you had Sammy Callahan, Moose, and Chris Bay beat Matt Cardona, Trey Miguel, and Chris Saban. SmackDown results. You had Natalia and Tamina winning the uh, women's tag team titles. This is the first championship that Tamina has won. So this was extremely special for her and the Samoan Dynasty family. That just adds more gold to them. And this is a historic thing because it's been is the... It's been a long time since a heart and a person of the Samoan dynasty teamed up together to win gold. The last people that did it were Owen Hart and Yokozuna back in, what, 97? No, 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 not 97. Yeah, it was 97, because... Yeah? No, 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 no. Was it 95, sorry. God, timeline got messed up. In 95. That's whenever Owen Hart and... Um, Yokozuna won the WWF at the time championship. So fast forward a good surplus of years, a heart in a member of the Samoan dynasty win the tag team titles. It felt good. And it also yet again was Tamina's first championship. And she's been with the company on the main roster ooh, for about a good solid decade. Yeah, she she's been on the roster for about a good solid decade. Yeah. So just for her to get that opportunity to win the championships and actually hold them now, it was very special. She had a lot of congratulations uh, tweets from work colleagues, people in the industry, and just the fans watching. It was a feel-good moment. Um, Apollo Crews gave Commander Aziz a Nigerian Medal of Honor, but... After he gave the medal to Commander Aziz, he was interrupted by Kevin Owens, Big E, and Sami Zayn. It led into a big old brawl, and the last man standing was Big E, while Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz retreated up the ramp and backstage, while Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens were laid out in the ring. Rey Mysterio beat Dolph Ziggler by pinfall. Bianca Belair had an in-ring interview, but it got interrupted by Bailey. They basically jaw-jacked one another to hype up their match at Backlash. Baron Corbin beat Nakamura by pinfall, but then after the match, Nakamura attacked Baron Corbin, and he stole Baron's uh, Corbin's crown. And Nakamura was wearing that crown, and he was giving a glimpse of what people want from the wrestling, internet wrestling community, or you could say the wrestling community as a whole. 
We want to see Nakamura back as the King of Strong style. And seeing Nakamura with the crown on his head looked it great. I'm not going to lie. It looked it great. He could play into the nice new uh, little character persona that WWE could do with Nakamura by giving him the legitimate crown and be known as the legit king of blah, blah, blah. Because that's what WWE does. So I see that coming down the line soon. Uh, Apollo will face Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Big E this coming week on Friday uh, on SmackDown for the Intercontinental title in a fatal four-way match. It's basically four guys in the ring going at it, and it only needs one person to... The first person to win by pinfall submission is the champion. That's what a fatal four-way is. And in the main event, you had Cesaro beating Jimmy Uso by DQ when Roman Reigns attacked Cesaro. And as he's doing this, um, Jay Uso runs out to help out Roman and beat up on Cesaro. And then Roman sees Jay has it. He goes outside the ring to talk to Jimmy. He tells Jimmy that, listen, this isn't about the little exhibition matches. This is about the big money matches, the matches that I'm in. This is how we stay on top. This is how we, how I put food on the family table for the family. Food on the table for the family. Sorry for butchering that. Jimmy tells him, hey, listen, I'm not like Jay. I'm not a flunky. This is all you. You making this all about yourself. You always made this about yourself. This ain't about family. This is all about you. And as those two are jawjacking, Cesaro is beating up on Jay. Roman sees this. He runs back in the ring and he beats up on Cesaro and is now back on 2-on-1. He's looking at Jimmy on the outside of the ring. He tells Jimmy, get your butt back in the ring and help, man. And he doesn't do this. And Roman comes out of the ring again and he's about to say, and he's still talking with Jay now. And Roman just happens, no, 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 Jay happens to beat up on Cesaro, and Cesaro uppercuts Jay, and Jay's now on the ground, and Roman's now on the outside, and Jimmy sees this, he gets on the turnbuckle, and he gets hit with a super kick by Cesaro. Now, Jimmy is laid out on the outside of the ring as Jay's on the inside getting beat down by Cesaro, and Roman's on the ramp and he's watching all this and he wants to go back into the ring but Paul Heyman puts his arm to Roman's chest and tells him uh-uh don't do that and Roman is now on the ramp watching as Cesaro gives a neutralizer to Jay twice and Cesaro is antagonizing Jimmy telling him hey this is your cousin this is your right hand man come and save him come into the ring and Roman just doesn't. So you leave with SmackDown with Cesaro putting down Jay Uso and Roman on the ramp watching it. It was a great, perfect visual to highlight their match coming up on Backlash. Now, for the Under Siege uh, results from Impact Wrestling, I was right in Brian Myers beating Black Taurus. I didn't know that Taylor Wilde and Tennille Dashwood would go against Susan and Kimberly, but the winner of that match was Taylor Wilde and Tennille Dashwood. They beat Susan and Kimberly. 
I didn't know that they were going to have a number one contenders uh, tag team title match. And it was Ace Austin beating Triple XL, which is Rocky, not Rocky, AC Romero and Larry D, P. Williams and TJP, and Rohit Raju and Shira. It was a fatal four way tag team match. And the winners of that was Ace Austin and Fulton. W. Morsley beat Willie Mack. I called that. I said that that he was going to. And then after the match, Rich Swan came back, and he hasn't been seen since Rebellion when she lost to Kenny Omega in the title versus title. He came back to save uh, Willie Mack from getting beat down by W. Morsley, formerly known as Big Cass. I'm just going to call him Big Cass every time I see him. And the thing is, now it's set up for Swan and Mac to go against Cass, but now you're kind of going to see maybe Cass is going to bring somebody in because it's two on one. Yes, Cass is a big dude, but we all know what we want to see. We want to see Enzo come back to the wrestling ring and more likely him and Cass team up for probably just one night only. That's only if Impact can pull that kind of stunt off. I was wrong in uh, saying that Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering would beat Kira Hogan, Rachel Steele, not Rachel Steele, but Tasha Steeles. Another on this, it was actually Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles beating Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering to become the new Knockouts Tag Team Champions. So I was wrong in that. I didn't know Josh Alexander would go against El Fantasmo until I saw it on Impact. I'm only going off of my results that I, my predictions that I gave you guys last episode. And Josh Alexander beat El Fantasmo. Deanna Perrazzo beat Havoc to retain the Knockouts Championship. I didn't know that that match was happening last time I talked to you guys on Wrestling Highlights. I was wrong in saying that Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers would beat Eddie Edwards and Finjuice. As a matter of fact, Eddie Edwards and Finjuice beat Omega and the Good Brothers. And my prediction to win the six-way number one contenders uh match to face Kenny Omega at the next Impact uh, pay-per-view or wherever they function they want to do. I picked Sammy Callahan in that six-way, but in fact, it was Moose that won that match. So Moose is your new number one contender to face Kenny Omega, but during that match, Sammy Callahan was going to win, but the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, pulled Sammy Callahan out of, out of the ring. And they put the boots to Sammy, and Sammy was incapacitated. He was done after that. So you can see down the line that Sammy Callahan is going to screw over Kenny and the Good Brothers down the line. You can see him probably pop up somewhere, probably AEW. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge to help out an old buddy, John Moxley, and probably even Kingston. I'm just saying, if I were to do this, I would book it that way to pull up Impact talent so they can jump over to AEW roster and get more shine and shine the bigger light onto AEW talent because AEW is not getting none, not AEW, but M- I'm sorry, I can't even say AEW talent on um, Impact Wrestling talent. If an Impact star goes to AEW and the only Impact stars that have gone to AEW right now are Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, since they're cool with the Young Bucks and cool with Kenny, who hold office jobs in AEW. 
there's been no other impact talent go over to AEW. And if you have an impact talent that can breach and stretch the storyline out of how Kenny has kept on screwing over impact wrestling stars every time he goes to impact, you can build up impact as a bigger entity and help them out. That's what a partnership is supposed to do. But right now I see AEW wreaking nothing but the benefits of this. And people are going to say, Gerald, AEW, not AEW, but Impact Wrestling has gotten bigger pay-per-view buys because of Kenny Omega and AEW uh, allowing Kenny Omega to do this. Yeah, cool with buy rates, but let me ask you a question. Once this partnership is done, and believe me, the partnership will be done, what are you going to be left with with Impact? You have to build stars. You have to make an audience care about the stars on your show. It's just like if you were to watch a football team do all this and all that, but if nobody cares about a particular player or care about the team, who's going to watch the game? Nobody. Nobody's going to watch the game. If you have a favorite show that you watch and you happen to watch the show and your favorite character is not on that show, you're going to say, by God, why did I watch this episode? If you happen to not see your favorite character on a show for a good amount of weeks, you're going to start turning off the show because there's nothing for you to watch. Impact Wrestling right now needs stars and it needs people to care about these stars. So I need AEW to start getting into talks with TNT to allow them to have Impact Wrestling stars, Impact Wrestling talent jump over to AEW and just battle with some AEW talent. That's what I need them to do. Shoot, I might be speaking way ahead of the gun because maybe that would that's going to happen down the line. This partnership has just, I'm not going to say just happened because it happened in what, February? When it really kicked off. No, 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 no. In December because that's when Don Callis came over and helped Kenny win the AEW World Championship. So, you'll say December and now we're in what, May? That's a good ooh, six months. Yeah, from December to May. Yeah, six months. Um, You need to start doing something. Get more impact talent onto AEW and build up the impact roster with relevance and make people care about who these stars are and let them know that another company does exist. Yes, Kenny's walking around with the impact championship, but... Eh, nobody really cares about that because what Impact Star is trying to grab and get their championship back from Kenny Omega. And the best way you can do this is by having a star jump over and pop Kenny out of the blue or pop somebody that's a close, that's uh, an associate of Kenny. That would be my uh, way of fixing this partnership right now. That would be my way. But anyway, that was the results from Under Siege, and that's my way of how I would fix the partnership right now and make it more better and tasteful for Impact side right now since AEW is wreaking all the benefits. And now the backlash of pay-per-view results. Rhea Ripley beat Asuka and Charlotte. I was wrong in that. I thought Charlotte was going to win by the way they've been building up Charlotte since she came back. The night after WrestleMania. But yet again, I was wrong. 
Rey Mysterio and Dominic did beat Dolphin Rude, Robert Rude, for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. This is the first time in WWE that a father and son are the tag team champions in WWE. So that was a great uh, to-do thing. Damian Priest beat The Miz in a Lumberjack match. However, the Lumberjacks, usually in a Lumberjack match in professional wrestling, it's wrestling talent, the wrestlers from the back coming to surround the ring. In this case, since WWE is uh, partnering up with Army of the Dead, yeah, that's the movie that's supposed to be coming out on Netflix that has WWE legend Dave Bautista. They did a partnership with that movie and they had people dressed up as zombies and acting like zombies surrounding the ring. So this was a very, very cartoony style uh, match for this. I didn't really watch it. I didn't really like per se care for that. But yet again, I was yet again, I called it on Twitter of Damian Priest beating the Miz. So I was right in that prediction. Uh, Bianca Belair beat Bailey. I was right in that. Bianca beat Bailey by rolling her up, uh, by using her hair to help roll up uh, Bailey in the pin. And the story of the match was Bailey was trying to humiliate Bianca so much and using her hair to the advantage because Sasha Banks didn't use the hair at WrestleMania. So Bailey was trying to one up and basically learn from Sasha's mistake. But in the end, using the hair is what led to her own demise. Bianca Belair was able to turn, uh, have turnabout as fair play and beat Sasha, not Sasha, but Bailey with her own, well, with Bianca's hair. Bianca used her own hair to beat Bailey. Lashley beat Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman to retain the WWE Championship. I was right in that. It was a good big man versus big man versus big man triple threat match. It was nothing but just straight-up chaotic destruction throughout that whole thing. You had uh, Lashley getting put through uh, part of the entrance. Uh, yeah, the entrance set up. And Lashley was out of commission throughout the match after that happened. Drew was about to win the match because he hit uh, Braun with the Claymore. But as soon as he does this... Uh, Bobby runs out of nowhere, throws Drew out of the ring, and he hits Braun Strowman with a spear, and he pins Braun and gets the win. I'm leaving out an important part, too. In the match, Braun Strowman puts Drew McIntyre through the announce table. It was a great-looking spot. I'm just saying, if you haven't had Peacock, get Peacock to watch the pay-per-view and watch this match. It's a great there's three big guys just straight up just beating the dog crap out of each other. It's good. And in the main event, you had Roman Reigns going against Cesaro. And Roman Reigns beat Cesaro by referee stoppage because Roman Reigns had Cesaro in the guillotine choke. And Cesaro was dead to rights. He couldn't do nothing. He tried to uh, wiggle his way out and he couldn't do nothing to get out of it. So the referee had to stop the match. It was a good main event match. It was a good way to end off a solid pay-per-view. This is Cesaro's first one-on-one WWE like big main event 
uh, championship opportunity. And this is, I'm not going to say this is his first time main eventing because uh, in what, ooh, 2014? Yeah, 2014, because that's when the network came out. 2014, he main evented with a couple other guys in an elimination chamber for the WWE uh, World Heavyweight Championship. So, this is his first time main eventing in a one-on-one championship for the main title in a one-on-one capacity. And Cesaro had a good showing with Roman Reigns. They were able to beat the crap out of each other and show the world that Cesaro is a top main event level superstar. It's, it's, it's his time to shine. Cesaro is going to be a world champion, but just not right now. Roman Reigns is hitting on all cylinders. He's presented as the big boss. He's presented as the top guy. He's just, he oozes main event right now. Roman Reigns has always oozed main event when you see him, when his presence. But right now in the character role that he is in as the like ruthless, just... I'm all about my family, but if you try to cross me, even if you're in my family, you will be dealt with and you will acknowledge me as the guy. I mean, this character that he is right now, I mean, it's top notch. It is A1, including the song, which I mentioned a couple weeks ago. I'm not so sure on the song. Oh, yeah, I'm sure on the song now. It fits perfectly. It sounds like you reached a final level to a boss character, like the big boss in a video game. It sounds perfect for him and everything. But getting about off the hype train of Roman Reigns here, the match was solid. It was a good main event match. Roman Reigns gets the win. And then after the match, Jay comes down to the ring and he puts the tribal like necklace around Roman Reigns and acknowledging him as being the head of the table. This is Jay Uso now, not Jimmy. Jimmy didn't show up um, to with Jay after the match. He was still backstage or somewhere. They didn't show him. It was just Jay coming down to the ring to put the necklace over Roman Reigns. And then he looked at Cesaro and he just started muttering to himself, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. And then he looks at Roman and says, I want to get him, dog. I want to get him, chief. I want to get him. And Roman looks at him and he looks at Cesaro and says, go get him. Go at it. Roman allows Jay to beat down on Cesaro after the match. And as Jay is about to hit Cesaro with a top rope splash, Seth Rollins' music hits. Seth Rollins comes down to the ramp. and He gets inside the ring and he just stops and stares at Roman. And Roman stares at Seth. And they have a nice little stare down for a minute. And then Seth laughs. And then he starts jumping on Cesaro. He starts beating down on Cesaro. And at this moment, you see Jay, Paul Heyman, and Roman start walking up the ramp. And you are left with Seth Rollins beating down on a bru- on a battered, bruised Cesaro. And Cesaro's arm was injured in the match. And Seth Rollins just starts beating and brutalizing Cesaro up. And he puts a chair in be- he puts Cesaro's arm in between the chair and he like smashes it next to a ring post to try to break Cesaro's arm. So he does that and then he curb stomps Cesaro on the outside of the ring. 
So the final image that you see of Backlash is Seth Rollins in the ring celebrating. He just beat down the man that has humiliated him for the past number of weeks and the man that beat him at WrestleMania. So that was the last image that you saw on Backlash. Seth Rollins standing in the ring, reveling in his accomplishment of beating down a wounded Cesaro. And I want to dip my toe in a little bit on this New Japan thing right here. I want to give you guys something. New Japan reported that um, some wrestlers are... Matter of fact, I'm sorry, right here. May 7th, Russell Grand Slam in Yokohama Stadium, Tokyo Dome, has been postponed. On Friday, May 7th, the Japanese government announced an extension to the state of emergency currently in place in Tokyo and other uh, provisions. In light of this announcement, as well as current COVID-19 infection status, in order to prevent any potential further spread of the virus, New Japan has announced at has arrived at this decision to postpone the Wrestle Grand Slam events at Yokohama Stadium and the Tokyo Dome, previously scheduled for May 15th and 29th, respectively. New Japan deeply apologized to all the fans looking forward to these events for their inconvenience and dicks of disappointment caused. New dates for both events are currently being finalized. More information will be followed as soon as it becomes available. Tickets for both events will be void. Please return your tickets. Any ticket holder who cannot attend the rescheduled dates will be eligible for a refund. And let me just read you some about uh, talent in New Japan being, well, reported as tested for positive for COVID-19 tests. As a result of the PCR testing conducted across the roster following the May 4th Wrestling Dantaku event in New Japan, they have learned that seven have tested positive for COVID-19. As previously reported, two wrestlers who presented uh, who, yeah, who presented with a fever on the day of the May 4th event were immediately tested in accordance with COVID-19 provisions with the test returning positive. In light of the news, all of those who had close contact with the infected parties, in addition to every wrestler on the roster, received PCR tests with a further seven wrestlers testing positive. All those who tested positive are experiencing mild symptoms or are asymptomatic. According to protocols and under medical advice, all are isolating and receiving appropriate treatment. What that means is New Japan had to stop New Japan business. They had to stop what they were doing and cancel their two big time uh, wrestle shows and they had to uh, send everybody home so they can quarantine themselves and try to get themselves back to normal standards. This leads me to say that WWE on the opposite in last year, certain individuals were tested positive and this did not happen. WWE did not shut down WWE. WWE continued business, but they continued business in their own buildings. They never left Florida and they still haven't left Florida. WWE, every WWE uh, Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and even their pay-per-views have been conducted inside Florida. So wrestlers had to fly in from their respective states that they live in to go to Florida, do the wrestle shows, and then fly back or stay home for if they're going to tape like days in a row. I'm not sure if they even do that. But just in case they do, just to cover myself, allegedly, maybe, let's just say that. 
New Japan decided to stop that, and I respect New Japan for doing it. New Japan is not like WWE. They don't run shows every week like WWE. They have like this, okay, we have this tour, we do these dates, and then we stop. And then another month or two happens of free that you guys can recover and build your body up and get yourself together. And then you go back on tour to do these shows, big event, stop again. I think the only time that people are like really go, go, go is like the G1 climax that happened like in summer. Because that's constantly there wrestling every day, day and day and day to like the big G1 finals. But anyway, getting to my point here. I respect New Japan for stopping business. I respect them. I respect them for allowing every wrestler to go and just sit and quarantine yourself for 14 days or however long this shutdown is going to happen since they're made shows of May, whatever shows that I did tell you they were May uh, 15th and 29th of being canceled. So that tells you that all of May, you're going to be sitting down, recuperating from bruises that you had in wrestling and more or less you can get the opportunity to just get your mental status mental state of mind right so i respect new japan for that uh i just wish wwe would do that and yes there are some guys that are not on the main roster right now and they are recuperating like they gave that to alistair black but alistair was different alistair black his wife got fired in October, I'll give it, like early October, and he hasn't been on television since, what, October, like the beginning version of October, like the beginning weeks of October, and then he was poof and gone, and now he, they're trying to build him up again on WWE television. And there also were reports, so allegedly, and rumors of his wife, Selena Vega, being uh, contacted to come back to WWE, and I'm not sure if that is the case. I mean, if that's the case, hey, I would try to stick them up with money because my situation was different. How you fired me completely different from everybody else. This wasn't like, and this wasn't like the people that you fired in the 2020, whenever the whole COVID pandemic happened, and you start firing people, laying people off. And this wasn't like. Just a couple weeks ago, you start firing people off. No, 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 no. My situation was different. I wanted to continue to stream and continue to do what I was doing to add revenue in for my personal being and my family since we have basically got our uh, pockets got cut some because WWE talent gets a percentage of their merchandise getting cut. And since you're not touring... A lot of people are not going to be able to buy your tickets and buy your merchandise like that, especially since the website only carries a limited portion of certain superstars' uh, merchandise and items. So in the pandemic, the wrestlers had to find another way of income. They went to Twitch and started doing that. They Some people even did... Uh, no, Twitch. That was the one because that was the whole big thing. Twitch and like uh what was the other one? It was a it was a service that you could buy like thing like buy like greetings from them and get like personal messages from them. Anyway, it's not coming to me now. The service at least. But that was the way other wrestlers in WWE were able to make money throughout this pandemic. 
WWE cut that and they said you can't do that. You can't Twitch stream no more. You can't get do those other uh, streams of revenue. You only have to do WWE sanctioned uh, things. So she didn't do that. She didn't like that. And she basically got fired because she was still continuing to Twitch stream. <laughs> so now it's been reported and rumored that she is now going to be She's in contact with WWE. She was at the Performance Center and yada, yada, yada. If I was her, I would stick them up with, okay, if I'm going to come back, you're going to pay me a nice chunk of what you guys try to screw me with since you guys try to take my livelihood last year for what I did streaming-wise. But, hey, that's just my two cents on that. I've given you my wrestling highlights of the week. Tonight is... Monday Night Raw, I will be watching it as I will be watching the rest of the uh, wrestling weeks, wrestling shows that happen throughout this week. Remember, if you want to watch these shows, Monday Night Raw comes on on USA at 8 o'clock. It is a three-hour program, so it's going to be 8 to 11, just to give you guys a heads up. <laughs> NXT happens on a Tuesday night. That is a 2 o'clock show. Two-hour show is from 8 o'clock to 10 p.m. AEW is on Wednesday. That is a 2 o'clock show. That is 8 o'clock through 10 o'clock. Thursday is Impact Wrestling. That's on Access TV. That's a 8 o'clock through 10 o'clock show. That's two hour. And then you have Friday Night Smackdown, which is on Fox TV. That's from 8 to 10, 2 o'clock. All these shows are on primetime uh, scheduling 8 o'clock slots. A. That's what apparently where primetime hits. But anyway, that is that has been the uh, the wrestling highlights of the week. I will see you guys next Saturday. Yeah, I will see you guys next Saturday to give you more uh, highlights that happen throughout this week that we're in. I want you guys to have a great day, have a great week. You guys will hear me again uh, next well Saturday for my wrestling highlights and the next following day, Sunday, whenever I talk about whatever. And if you haven't listened to my Sunday episode, go back and listen to my Sunday episodes. It's entitled Fear. I talk about the gas shortage. I talk about how we, as people, we go crazy whenever we hear about something going wrong and we just start freaking out. And I believe I talked about, yeah, the CDC uh, gas mask mandates and what I would do if I was a business owner, especially knowing of the what's uh new going on with the mass mandates but if you haven't listened to it i give you the topics i give you i will say check it out listen to me just talk about it and it will get you to think about certain things at least in my idea that's me but yet again this has been uh the wrestling highlights of the week i have been your host g2 gerald garrett i thank you for listening to me and have a great day and a great rest of the week thank you and i will see you guys next week Bye bye. I'm tired, you tired, uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.